Hello, my awesome mom pod listeners. It's Paige with some exciting news. The Moms Organization Motivation Podcast has had the most amazing three-year run. And thanks to you, it's listened to in more than 85 countries. It's won Best Family Podcast and Best Home and Lifestyle Podcast awards and consistently ranks in the top of the charts globally. I could not have done that without you. It'll continue to be downloadable for all your organization motivation needs. And now there'll be a brand new podcast to listen to. If like me, you love being a mom and also desire more. Head over to the Time to Pivot podcast right now and hit subscribe. Each week, my guest and I will be sharing all the ways we've learned to pivot in our life and business as we share our God-given gifts and serve others and still make it to the carpool line on time. I can't wait for this fun new podcast to begin April 17th, 2023. So mark your calendars and join me on the Time to Pivot podcast. I'm Paige Killian, and I'm passionate about helping busy moms of littles organize and style their life in three simple steps. Living this mom life is incredible and sometimes completely overwhelming. Is stressing about overstuffed drawers, never-ending mail piles, a mountain of Legos, and our kids' artwork really what God intended? <laughs> no way! Getting organized has been a game changer for me and also my clients, but it has to be simple or it just won't get done. So let's simplify the process and clear the clutter to see the blessings God has for us. I know your time is valuable. So thanks for joining me each week for a healthy dose of organization and a whole lot of motivation. Hey there, thanks for joining me today. This episode is all about organizing in my 30s. I was inspired to do this episode because as some of you know, with it being the month of March in 2021, I will be hitting a new decade this year. So on March 30th, I'm going to actually be 40 and I'm looking forward to it. I suppose there's a smidge of me that's kind of thinking like, whoa, a new decade. This is like grown up stuff and maybe a little bit anxious, nervous about what that's going to look like. But for the most part, really excited. So if any of you are in your 40s now, I think that you might feel like 40 is the new 30. It feels like year after year, it's totally OK to embrace whatever your next age is coming up, whatever the next decade is, because I think that the number is just that. It's just a number. And I think depending on what's going on in our world, what's going on in our hearts and in our homes, that can be something that we just think, all right, there's a number that might be attached with my life, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's defining me or I can make it what I want. So if that's kind of where you're at, I think that's a good, healthy thing. If you are, you know, biting your nails thinking, I don't want to be the next age, I would just suggest leaning into it because I always say that God has blessings for us beyond measure, beyond anything that we could have really comprehended or dreamed up. And I'm a big dreamer. 
And I feel like some things that have happened in my life have been much bigger than I dreamed for myself. Certainly there have been some setbacks. Certainly there have been some tough things. And when you get to age 40, sure, you've seen a lot of things in the world, in your family, with your friend group change. And uh, I think that's okay. I think that it makes us better people to have a little experience under our belt. So what can we do from that? We can learn from that experience and continue just to make choices in the future that are going to serve us. And so obviously you all know that I love organization. I love my family. I love being able to go into other families' homes and help them get organized. And that's what I talk about a lot on this episode. So I thought, all right, what am I going to do for my birthday month? What am I going to do for March? Maybe just, you know, because it is kind of a milestone birthday at 40. I thought it would be really fun to do a little reflecting on how organization has played a role in my life so far, but mostly in my 30s. Because when I was 29 years old, I became a mom for the first time. My Isabel is 10 years old now. And so... She really changed my life, obviously for the better. You guys know how that works. Changed my life for the better, but it really caused me to have to get good at being organized in order to set our family up for, I think, the best chance of success. And sometimes that was just the best chance of success for surviving the day. Other times it was the best chance of success for introducing another member into our family. When I was 33, I had my Duke. Uh, They're four years apart. And I love that age gap. It's so funny because I can remember when I was pregnant with Duke and was telling people that they were going to be four years apart. I had some friends who had kids that had that age gap and I had other friends who had kids with a much smaller age gap. And they were like, oh no, it's so fun whenever they're so close in age because they can be best friends. And then I thought, you know, I really like that they're going to be four years apart because, you know, the planner in me was thinking, all right, that'll be, you know, good for like, we won't have to hang on to the, (laughs) this is so me, such an organizer. We won't have to hang on to all those hand-me-downs too long before the next kid is in it. At the same time, you know, they'll, they'll have their own friend groups separate from each other, whether, you know, I didn't know if I was going to have another girl at the time or if I would have a boy at the time. So, you know, maybe they would want to be BFFs and play with each other, or they would totally not and be completely different. That's kind of what I got the the ladder for a little while. It was like, it was so sweet and precious in those early days when Isabel was just, had just turned four. She was three when he was born and then a month after she turned four. And so she was my big girl who was my helper. And that was kind of a nice thing to enlist the big kid for help. And it's so cool now because as we fast forward, my big girl helps my little boy, although he's kind of getting to be my big boy, uh, but helps him get into bed and you know, get ready for bed. And she likes to read the chapter books to him. And now that he's really getting into reading, he's in kindergarten. So he's really getting excited about reading. And so he really enjoys reading sometimes too, to big sister. And uh, that, that's kind of cool. It's like, they were really sweet in those early days when he was so teeny tiny. And then when like the two-year-old, three-year-old stage hit for him, she and he kind of just butted heads and they were kind of like, at each other and she was annoyed by him and he thought it was totally his job to bug the heck out of her. You know how this goes. And then you fast forward a little bit more and there's just like these really precious moments. He settled down a little bit. (laughs) 
thanks thanks in part to the help of peak brain and some neurotherapy where we've just like chilled him out in some certain ways because he was a little bit all over the place and you know we still embrace that awesome boy crazy kid energy and we love that and and that serves us well sometimes in some areas and other times we need him to just calm down so we definitely feel like i don't know it's just it's a really sweet time right now and i'm really thankful for that age gap right now with the pandemic and having kids at home halfway and at school halfway kind of having that hybrid mix right now between the two of them We've had to get really good. I've talked a lot about that on previous episodes at organizing our space for that. And plus we moved into a new home recently. And so we had to kind of reset everything for the big girl's room to make sure she had the desk and that space to work. We decided not to do that in Duke's room because he was still going to school for the most part during the pandemic. And I just look back on what it looked like in those early days when I was in my thirties. And I think, gosh, it was so different. It was so different. I can remember all the gear, all the baby gear, you know, it was, it was obviously like this with Isabel when she was my firstborn, but then it just compounded whenever you have that second baby born and you have that gear. So in a lot of ways, I got very good at organizing the hand-me-downs. I did a podcast episode not that long ago, talking really about organizing the hand-me-downs. That was the one where I talk about living in organization limbo. Go back to that. If you feel like you're in limbo right now, and I, I feel like that's what organizing in my thirties really was mostly about was organizing in limbo. And basically that just meant having kid-friendly things that are maybe not going to be the things that you have for the whole entire future of your life. Because as they get older and I look forward to, you know, in the future doing what it was like being organized in my forties, because I would have older kids, but in my thirties, it was the really younger kids and it was the really littles and it was organizing all of the gear. So I didn't feel like countertops were constantly cluttered. I didn't feel like there were constantly kid toys all over the place. And you know, those kid toys that are really good for their brains are the ones that are the bright primary colors and, you know, all the, the visual stimulation that they need. Well, sometimes that doesn't lend itself to a tidy, organized living room, <laughs> shared space with everybody else. So I got really good at sort of organizing things and containing all of those things in neutral baskets. I definitely introduced neutral baskets in just about every room of the house, including closets, including behind cabinetry. So definitely if you are in the thick of the baby days, as you are listening to this podcast, I really encourage you to take all of that gear and organize it and hide it a bit, tuck it away because there's something so freeing when those kiddos do eventually get to sleep and you've had a very long day. There's something very freeing about being able to tuck those things away and not seeing them in your shared space or in your personal bedroom. I did a very fun chapter in my book called Legos in the Bedroom with a dear friend of mine who just reached out to me and said, I need you to come 
set my bedroom free and turn it back into an adult space. I'm going to tell you exactly who that was. That was Amy Pendergraft. And she was actually on a podcast episode in the early days. We talked a little bit about that too. Gosh, I think it was like around episode 10 or something. That is such a fun one to go back and listen to. Cause I think we can all really relate to having, you know, especially in those early days where if you're nursing or even if you're not nursing and you're just bottle feeding, you have all of that stuff that is like on the bedside table next to you. Well, Amy talked about having, you know, the Lego Ninja Warriors on the bedside table next to her because the little guy would come in and that would be a fun thing that he and dad would do together and build these Lego Ninja Warriors. And before long, even the dresser tops were covered with Lego creations. And I did think actually about my good friend, Amy recently, because when we moved into this new house, I had in the past in my thirties with the little kids decided I was not going to have toys in their bedroom. And really we would have like a few stuffed animals because those were the soft cuddly things that they could sleep with. And then we would have books and that is all I had for the longest time in Duke's room. And mostly all I had in Isabel's room. And the whole goal of that is so at night they could get in bed and go to sleep and not be distracted by fun toys and activities. Now, I remember babysitting for a family when I was much younger. This was in my twenties. This was way pre-kids for me. I would babysit for these kiddos and the parents were like, you know, they're kind of in that stage where they're not really taking naps, but they still need that downtime, that quiet time after they get home from school. And so we just have quiet time in their room and they are able to play with any little mom approved activities. Sometimes that would be Legos. Sometimes that would be um, little activity games. You know, it wouldn't be screen time and actually come to think of it. There were no, in my early twenties, there were no iPads, nothing like that. So, Ooh, dating myself. Oh girl. So, okay. Now we fast forward to moving into this new house again, still in my thirties. I've still got a very little one who's in kindergarten. And I thought, you know, he is old enough now to know when it's time to go to bed. We've, you know, put in those practices at an early age. We didn't have a room full of cluttery toys. There were no distractions around. We really put the practice of getting to sleep at a decent hour, having a great bedtime routine where we lay out our clothes before school the next day. We lay those out at night, prep ahead. We make sure there's nothing else on dresser tops, countertops. If you had like an old rocking chair or something like we did for the longest time that used to be in the nursery and then was in the big boy room, nothing was on that except for a sweet little pillow. There might be a little basket of soft, plush, cozy toys, but we really just made it so easy for him to go to sleep. And now that that has become a habit, a great habit, now we decided he's older. He knows when it's time to put away the toys. And so I set up just an old nightstand because as some of you maybe have seen on Instagram, if you head over to at everything with style mom, if you look there, you'll see that we did Duke's bed and it was this very fun. My parents actually gifted this to him. It was this very fun loft bed. And the whole idea was to give him that extra little play space, really using that, maximizing that vertical space, which by the way, was another podcast episode. I think maybe like six or seven, go about uh, six, I think six, maybe eight, who knows, something like that. If you have a wall space that is an empty wall, I talk about getting that organized by organizing your vertical space and going up. And we did that with Duke. We had very high ceilings in this new house and wanted to use his room at full max potential and decided to do that higher loft bed with a play area underneath. 
So he took his little nightstand and he's got one basket of Legos under there. So just thinking about what I have done over the years in my thirties in getting organized really has a lot to do with the kids and really has a lot to do with having them feel comfortable in the home and all of the things that they need, the activities they want to play with, be easily accessible, but also be totally out of sight when they go to bed. And then we just get to be adults living in our space. There was one time <laughs> where we used to get to invite people over, you know, it's a little trickier with the pandemic stuff happening, but Eventually we'll have more people back in our home. We'll be able to host parties. We'll be able to have, you know, Bible studies and game nights and all of those fun things back in our living room. And again, I'm so glad that we have masked some of the kid activities and toys that are maybe a little unsightly in the living room in our little, we have a little bit more formal sitting room too. And those are just tucked away. So in our living room, we have some great baskets with Legos and then one small little basket with some other, you know, miscellaneous toys, we call them. Those are in two baskets under the coffee table. When you walk into our living room, there's no evidence that toys are in there at all, unless we decide, oh, it's time to play with toys. And then you can just slide the basket out. Boom. You got your toys in our more formal sitting room. When I say formal, it's still very casual, guys. But when you have a little bit of a separate space, uh, you might still want to have an opportunity for your kids to be represented there and have things that they need. But again, keep those neutral baskets or those bins or containers or whatever along a little wall and have that be something that the kids know that they can get out, that they can easily access, which also means easily put things back. That is the name of the game. That's all about what it was in my 30s. And I think that's probably going to carry over into my 40s as well. We still have a little one. So going into my 40s, I still have a little one. And he still will eventually, <laughs> we'll get back to in-house play dates. We'll have some little friends over. And so we still want to have those things, again, there and easily accessible. And also really encouraging him to clean up after himself, pick up after himself. I walked in the house the other day after running an errand and I came in and the kids had built a fort in this, that sitting room that I was talking about. And there were blankets and pillows and all that kind of stuff all over the place. Well, obviously those things do not have a home in that sitting room typically because they're usually in their bedrooms, <laughs> They're usually in their beds. And so, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, occasionally you want to have that big open space. I don't know about big. If you, you know, you may not have necessarily big open space, but if you can, have some space that has nothing in it that will allow for some of that fun, creative play to unfold there. We have a really cute tent, big, large tent that we collapse and we tuck it back behind the couch. Again, there's no evidence of a big giant tent in the room, but if you go and you look back behind the couch, you'll see that the tent lives there. And guess what? I didn't get a big primary colored, you know, Disney character tent. I got a very neutral beige and gray, cool looking tent that was gigantic enough to fit both kids in for them to play. But again, it was not going to be a complete eyesore and make you get really, you know, frustrated or overwhelmed when you enter that living room space, if the kids are playing in there. So these are just some things that I thought I would share with you that maybe you want to be thinking about implementing in your home with little kids, still making sure that they're represented without it being spilled out all over the place. And at the same time, really having your home be something that is warm and inviting, having it organized in a way that really is truly working for your family, 
working for every member of your family and making sure they feel comfortable. Like when they walk in, they know that they've got a play space that they're still going to be responsible for tidying that space up. And you've done some thought on the front end about how to really make that space work for them and for you. And I just keep going back to those good old neutral baskets. If you can look for those, those are going to serve you well in every decade of your life and your kids' lives. So I'm going to keep this one short and sweet today. Thank you for sharing this episode the last decade and the new decade with me. I really appreciate it. And if you are thinking about how to organize in your 30s or in your 20s or in your 40s or in more ahead, I do actually look forward to those upcoming decades. I think it only gets more and more fun. And I do remember, I'm going to tell you, my dear friend Julia told me years ago because she started having babies a little bit sooner than me. She said, you know, when I asked her what her favorite time was with the kids, she said, you know, I, I think it's whatever phase I'm in now. And I'm so glad she told me that forever ago, because I really do feel like that's helped me embrace whatever phase of my life and my kid's life that we're in now and having fun reflecting on the past, making decisions that'll help us do even better in our future, but really just living in the moment and living in the now. I'm not, I'm not always so great at that. Are you great at that? Are you good at being present? I know my friend Taz talks about that a lot just being present and, and really trying to make that effort. And I think, I think that's a really smart idea. So I look forward to my forties. Thank you for sharing some of my thirties. This has been such a fun podcast to be doing during this time. I feel like in a lot of ways, you guys have just saved me and given me this fun, creative outlet. And I look forward to taking you with me into my forties and stay tuned for lots more organization coming your way. And of course, as always the motivation to get it done and do it in three simple steps. Thank you again so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the mom's organization motivation podcast. For more resources to organize and style your busy life, head over to everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on Instagram at everythingwithstylemom. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and let me know what you'd like to hear about next. Thanks again for listening and happy organizing.